Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is your pal, Val. This is episode number 27. With me today is the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you today, sir? Hey, Val. I'm doing pretty well. I'm glad to be back. It's been a little while because of uh, life stuff, but I'm glad we're doing it again. Yeah, it is great to have you back. Um, I'm sure everybody uh, agrees with me. It's always... um, yeah, life gets in the way of all this stuff. If we can just get some really big sponsors and we can do this full-time, um, yes. that would be awesome. You were going to say something? No, I, I just said seriously. That's, uh, that, w- that would help a lot. I would have to not worry about some stuff. That would help. <laughs> yeah, it'd be it'd be awesome. So we'll see if we can get picked up and get syndicated here, right? Um, <laughs> so we are back. We, uh, in the cup level, we had some cutoff races. If everybody's uh, not familiar with it, NASCAR is a little different. Well, as it is and it isn't by the other sports. Uh, we start off with a list of 16 drivers. If you win, you're in. Um, and then during the playoffs, the standings or the, the positions get eliminated. Uh, so the, the cream rises to the top for uh, the last four drivers will have a chance at the championship at the last weekend at Phoenix. Uh, other drivers still get the race, and they and other people can win the race, but whoever finishes highest of the four, of the final four, uh, wins the championship. So we had an elimination, elimination race uh, here at Charlotte in the Roval where we went from 12 drivers down to eight, uh, Xfinity the same way. Uh, it was uh, kind of interesting. Very folks getting very frustrated. I don't know if you saw our Clint Boyer. Uh, he was one of the ones eliminated, but he lost his power steering in his car on a road race. Uh, he looked like he um, didn't have an ounce of energy left, so he gave it the, the hard fight to try uh, not to get eliminated. But so, but he wasn't alone. Um, Austin Dillon, Eric Almarola. And Kyle Busch were eliminated, which Kyle Busch is the one that sticks out there, uh, not having won a race this season. Uh, I think with the new um, with limited practice or no practice, it definitely hurt his team this year or getting the car dialed in just right. But Kevin Harvick, Danny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex, and Alex Bowman, and Kurt Busch move on. And what's interesting about the, these rounds, if you win, you totally advance. So Kurt Busch was in the last place, but he scored a win. So he was able to secure his moving on to the next round. And Chase Elliott won this one at the Roval in Charlotte. It's going to be interesting here in the next three weeks to see which one of these eight will, you know, the eight will become four. And one of these, so one of these eight will become uh, the champion. And we have two drivers in here who have never won a championship, Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott. Everybody else has at least won one. Oh, I picked it back in Denny Hamlin. Uh, so we have three. Uh, Denny is definitely overdue of all the drivers. So, And it really, I mean, I've seen a little movement on Kevin Harvick. Some of his stuff is 2000 SP Authentic. Uh, his autographs, are that's his first year of autographs. His rookies are in 1999. And I'm embarrassed to kind of say this, but his, his autographs are like 30 bucks. Yeah, that seems like a crazy, crazy number. Uh, seems way too low. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chase Elliott, his early stuff, 2011, his autographs can go up there, you know, into the 100 uh, hundred or more, and then he's got limited stuff. You know, Truex, Bowman, uh, Kurt Busch is also in that 2000 
uh, SP Authentic, he's also low. So, I mean, uh, I guess Chase Elliott is really the biggest name that ha- is the mo- probably more expensive than the rest of them, but Brad and, and Denny, their rookie years, it's, um, it's one of the reasons why I collect NASCAR. And I think NASCAR is starting to get a little bit more exposure. I'm getting um, some messages from folks asking about uh, NASCAR and um, stuff. So, so it's going to be interesting, always fun time this time of year, getting into the playoffs, I'm sure, you know, with uh, the other sports the same way. So uh, Xfinity, uh, they're doing the same thing over there. So in the Xfinity series, they're eliminating uh, drivers as well, and so they have their round of eight with Chase Briscoe. He's got eight wins. Austin Sendrick, five wins. Justin Allgaier, three wins so far. Noah Graskin, two wins. Justin Haley, two wins. Brendan Jones, three wins. Ross Chastain and Ryan C. I think Chase Briscoe is probably the one to beat. Um, of course, Austin Cedric's right there with him, so I think it's probably maybe one of those two. Because I'd love to see Justin Allgaier. He's been around for um, some time in Cup and Xfinity. He's kind of settled into the Xfinity for uh, Junior Motorsports. So. And, of course, I I love Noah Grashkin. I think he's a uh, he's good for a sport, a good character. He's got two wins. But, um, you know, like in Cup, if one of these wins here in these last couple of races get them guaranteed into that Final Four. So, And I don't know, I'm sure, I don't know, Jason, have we talked about with, um, I'm sure we haven't, um, with all the new stuff going on for next year with Michael Jordan coming into the sport. You know, we haven't, and I saw that, and I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm not, for some reason, I'm not surprised. Um, I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's been a sponsor for a while, correct? Like the Jordan brand sponsored some drivers for a while, or maybe just one, but. I think Jordan sponsored Denny Hamlin, and I think that's where their relationship started. Right. To your point, but I think he's been a very small, I would say maybe an advertiser, not necessarily a car owner or anything other than, um, uh, you know, like Tide or, or uh, Budweiser or something getting uh, Panini, you know, getting on the hood or whatever. So, right, he's been takes a logo to another, on a suit, not a, not a whole car wrap. Right, and then you have. Uh, minority shareholders or car owners, and I think he's going to be the majority because they mentioned that he'll be uh, the last majority car owner. Um, African-American was Wendell Scott, so back in 73. So I wasn't sure in the beginning how – I wasn't sure in the beginning what kind of level he was going to be at. But it seems pretty serious with uh, Denny Hamlin, which is, is smart, uh, looks like Denny's got a way to maybe transition after he's done racing. But use his connections because they'll be uh, tied to Joe Gibbs, I'm assuming Toyota, and then they're buying the charter membership from Jermaine Racing, which what that means is they get all the owner points. So if me and you started a team, 
and had a driver, they would have to go out and qualify for every race. But because you own the charter, you you get their results and their points. So uh, Bubba Wallace, who'd be their driver, will not need to qualify for the races. They're pretty much guaranteed a start in every race. Okay. So I'm super excited for that. I think um, that brings in um, people who love basketball, maybe give NASCAR a look or a second look um, between Jordan and then with Haley Deegan, which we had talked just before, that she is running in the ARCA series right now, but she will be running truck at Kansas this weekend coming up. And she had mentioned that her folks told her, her folks being not her parents, but I guess uh, her core or whatever, that she needed to drive Kansas so that she can run truck next year, either partial schedule or full-time. We're not sure yet, but this is awesome. Um, It will definitely make, you know, it's hard not to hope that she does well, but I think she can qualify. Uh, qualify. If she can finish the race, that would be a huge, huge thing because truck from Arca is a big deal, I think, because they're not going to be in Arca. They don't pit during the race um, or have live pits. So, you know, this will get her real-life experience, you know, eventually trying to get to the Cup. So I'm super excited to see that. I'm sure everybody else is. So this will bring a whole bunch whole bunch of eyes to NASCAR. Hey, let's go back to the Jordan thing for a minute because... Of course. The one thing we didn't talk about was, does that mean anything for cards? I don't know what his contract is with Upper Deck, but I would assume that... I don't know how to say this, but I would assume that Panini, when this news came out, immediately started looking for any type of way to get Jordan into any racing product. I don't know if it's possible because of the uproar that came about earlier this year with that basketball card that had Jordan in the background that was a Panini card. Um, So I don't know if it's possible, but could you imagine Jordan... I'm sure autographs wouldn't be possible, but like even a Jordan base card in you know 2021 Prism Racing or something like that. Like I would hope that at some point, whether it's next year, two or three years down the road, that they can get him in some type of product, even if it's a you know a national promotion only exclusive or you know, something. But you know, my first thought, of course, was how can they get him in any sort of racing set? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I'm wondering, like, you know, the lawsuit that's going back and forth, you know, that's all on basketball cards. I can definitely right. see now Panini doing a uh, owner's cards or right. um, uh, something like that because then they'll, I mean, unless Upper Deck has the right to his image and not basketball image, that's probably the only way they, they wouldn't be able to, but I would think that that there'd be opportunities there. I'm sure they are working hard. I'll have to see if we can get somebody from Panini to talk about that. But I think I'm there's sure definitely there's opportunity. Reason, yeah, I'm sure there's a reason that he hasn't been any in any sort of Panini basketball set, which seems like ever. And I'm sure it, it would surprise me if that, and I don't want to go completely off topic talking about basketball cards, but the whole Jordan in the background image of that card 
it would surprise me if that wasn't on purpose as a test run to see if Upper Deck would let it slide or if there would be an issue, and obviously there's an issue. But there has to be a reason that he hasn't been in any Panini basketball set that's come out. So I would imagine the Upper Deck has him pretty well locked up. Um, but with it being racing, you know, was he only excluded from any sort of basketball products? You know, what was his contract? Did it allow him by virtue of omission, you know, in the contract, did they not think that he would ever be a racing owner? Is he allowed to be in, you know, um, a racing set because they didn't do the contract well enough? So it'll be interesting to see what happens and if there's any sort of loopholes that Panini can work around you know, obviously we had the issues. So hopefully hopefully something can get worked out. So I, I want to ask you your opinion on this, but I think there is an opportunity because they put um, – Haynes put out a set. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking as well. So I, But they didn't use any NBA logos, I don't believe. Right. And there were autographs so, in those, albeit extremely limited. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, hope, I'm, put, I'm holding out hope that maybe um, – you know, they'll put a Chase Jordan in or put in owners or, you know, do something maybe. I was thinking like Pitt Road photographs and have them in there. So one of the usual things is the owners uh, are there at the tracks. So does that mean Jordan will be, you know, going to some of these tracks and walking around in the pits, uh, hopefully, you know, post-COVID. So uh, it it just definitely brings a buzz uh, if Bubba Wallace, if he can do well, finish well, you know, he's with he's Richard Petty Motorsports now, and they're a very small team, but if Denny Hamlin can pull off kind of like what Tony Stewart did where, you know, yeah, he's going out on his own, but he also has, uh, you know, like Tony had alliances with Hendrick and no, with Joe Gibbs in the beginning. Um, so, you know, using that uh, alliance and and uh, getting some of that engineering info to finish well uh, before they break ties, you know, would be awesome to have um, right. the team doing well and, and competing for championships, right, and, and winning races as opposed to kind of where um, Bubba Wallace is now. So, um, yeah, it, that was probably the biggest news. There's some other folks moving around with Hendrick removing the 88 from their lineup. And uh, so they'll have a new number coming out here. Alex Bowman moves over to the 48 vacated by Jimmy Johnson retiring. And then I think was uh, Jimmy Johnson, is he driving Indy or F1? But I don't know if you saw that tops now has F1 and they're doing an Uh, F1 tops now. Certainly did. Did or did not? Did. Yep. Yeah. I didn't pick up any. Uh, I definitely looked at them hard with everything going on. So it's interesting to see Tops getting into the uh, Tops now and and the F1. I think they have a low and a higher-end product. I'm still hoping that Panini will bring back that Panini Instant. I haven't heard any rumblings with that. It's one of those things where people can complain about the online exclusives. You know, some of them are a little pricey, one card for 10 bucks. You know, I get it. But from a company standpoint, it's an awesome way to test out a product. 
you know, no Target, no Walmart, I can only imagine no hobby dealer is going to want to carry hobby boxes of F1 racing. It's just, you know, you look at NASCAR, there's five products a year. It's a tough sell in a lot of regions of the United States, but it's one of those things where licenses are so important to these companies and getting the exclusives. I mean, Pop is even doing some sort of women's softball league, you know, and it's one of those things. These stores aren't going to carry the products, so it's a great way for them to test it out online. And they sold, and I don't know the number, but it was in the thousands of that first F1 card. Now, I don't know if it was like, you know, people jumping on it to speculate that it was going to be a low print run because I know one guy that did, but this is, it's perfect for the companies. You know, like the top P206 baseball set, you know, it's a great outlet for them to test products or test brands and licenses and get these smaller sets where, you know, nobody else is going to want to carry it. Um, so I think it's great. I'm not an F1 fan, but it's one of those, if you are, you finally have something that you can collect and you can buy. So hopefully they continue it for a while, add some stuff to it, maybe some relics and whatever and continue. But I'm just glad to see some of these new things coming out and I'm glad Pops tried it. You know, kudos to them. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited. You know, any racing product is good. I think there's just with the craziness and all the other sports. Right. I think that NASCAR racing in general, uh, of course, the F1, I guess, well, their, their lower price point is not that far off of, of the NASCAR releases. So and to one of the things you were saying, you know, these on-demand, you only have to do one, two, or three cards a week like they're doing instead of a 100-card series. Right. You know, that takes a lot of time to, you know, do all those cards. And I guess it's like a six-month lead window for all of that and get it packaged and get it um, into the distribution stream where on demand, you know, you're only doing a few photos, a few licenses, uh, you know, copyrights, whatever it is for the cards, you're printing it up and you're shipping it. And uh, I guess to your point, you can definitely see demand for it, but I think, you know, it's a, their bargains racing in general is a bargain compared to, uh, some of the other sports and, and the craziness. So um, I'm just excited, you know, racing uh, in general, even though I'm not an F1 fan, I'll definitely look at it. And, you know, if the competition with Panini and Tops helps the collector, then, you know, it can't be bad. Yeah, totally agree on that. One of the things I wanted to talk about was because racing isn't, readily available and, and you need to the chase for some of these cards or you know the clickables you want you kind of need to be a little bit crafty and i'm not sure if everybody is aware of like uh and one of the places that most people go is ebay and do an ebay search so uh, i have some ebay searches set up and that allows me to get an email if i want it usually comes in the morning or keywords that I'm looking for. So uh, if you go on like eBay, under my eBay, you have your saved searches. And I have stuff like 1983 Uno as one of my saved 
maybe 80 Max, uh, 2000 SP, stuff like that. Because some of these show up in some of them, uh, like I have Garage Graph, so 2008 Speedway, I think they had Garage Graph. They're really cool design. Uh, it's like four, five of the crew chiefs have cards, and then there's combos with the crew chief and the driver. So the Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss is probably, you know, one of the keys. So that's something you don't see all the time, but using the save search uh, and with email allows me to, you know, get that and kind of hone in on some of the things that I'm looking for. Jason, do you use the eBay save searches? Yeah, I have a ton. You know, I have, I feel like a ton, 40 or 50, because it definitely helps with the things that are never going to pop up, you know, the stuff that you don't want to waste time looking for every day. But one thing I found out a little while ago is you can do email or text notifications, and the text notifications actually arrive. I don't know if it's as soon as the item is listed or, you know, shortly after, but the text will actually come hours before the email. Because like you said, the emails typically come in the morning, you know, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, at least Eastern. Um, but you should get a text shortly after the item is posted. So the text notification is actually quicker. And I know for, I know for a fact that I've missed out on stuff because I had something set up for an email notification and not a text. And by the time I got the email, um, it was already gone. And when you're talking something that's rare, a one-of-one, something like that, um, you definitely want to set it up for text. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you can do one or the other or both, um, but don't quote me on that. Uh, but if you go in through the app, you can go through and change those to whichever one you want. Ah, see, I'm, use, I'm I guess, old school. I've been doing uh, using eBay for the last 20 years or whatever. It's been on the computer. I haven't made that big transition to the to the app. Sometimes I look at it, but um, I'll have to investigate on the app. But I've um, used that to to find um, definitely some stuff that you know is harder to find. Because I I don't know about you, but sometimes if I find stuff uh, e- either auction or whatever, and um, I miss it for whatever reason, or I find it, check it out, <laughs> uh, get the email, go to the item uh, and look at it, but don't place a bid, and then forget about it, which, you know, then there's no help at all. But then uh, right. when it gets relisted, somebody else always uh, bids on it, you know, that, that second time um, of, of seeing it. So I don't know if you've had that luck, but that seems to be my luck. So actually my wife and I were just talking about something the other day, and I don't want to say it's a tip, that works all the time, but it seems to work at least half the time. We've we've both noticed that if you go to an item and favorite the item or add it to your watch list or whatever you want to call it, typically that seller, and granted this is a buy it now item, not an auction item, typically that seller will send you an offer for less. Now I've had some sellers send offers for like 5% less than, you know, at that point, sometimes it's not even worth checking into it. But I've actually had some send offers like 30 or 40% off, and it's like, well, heck, yeah, I'll, I'll do this in a heartbeat, especially if maybe you just saved something to 
you know, get it in a couple hours because you're busy at that moment or, you know, whatever, and then that person sends you a deal, you're, you're, you're winning both ways because you found what you wanted and you're getting it for a price that is lower than what you were already going to pay, you know. So it actually happened to me the other day. My son just got a an original Nintendo, and I thought, oh, I want to get a game that I played as a kid. And we had family at the house, and something was going on or whatever, and I saved the item, and it was like 10 bucks. And within a couple hours, somebody sent me an offer for 25% off, which is, you know, 250 And I thought, well, sure, yeah, I'll take it now because I was already going to buy it. I just was busy. Um, so, like, I just saved it, saved a couple bucks by waiting and being busy for a couple hours. So that's something that we've noticed. If you go add it to your watch list, a lot of times you'll get a, a better price if you hold out for a couple hours. Now, of course, there's a negative to that. If you wait for an offer, somebody else can snatch it up before you. But, you know, add it to your watch list and see if you can save a couple bucks. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I have noticed that as well as a buyer and a seller. I've noticed that, you know, I can either revise my auction and lower the price or you can send an offer. But, you know, that now that you brought it up, it's a great point that I have uh, gone out there and seen something and maybe like I'm on the fence, like, hey, you know, it's right at the line there. But, you know, right. um, I'm kind of maybe one of those guys like, you know, well, if you're going to discount it, then I'm going to buy it. You know, if you're going to give it away, I'll take it kind of a thing, right? Uh, as opposed to, well, you know, it's right there on the fence and, you know, shouldn't Absolutely. I buy it? Should I, shouldn't buy it? And um, to your point, if it's something that is not like a one-on-one or whatever and you do take the chance of losing out on it, but uh, some of that stuff is like, well, you know, at that price I can, you know, take it or leave it. And, yeah, it doesn't really do anything. doesn't cost you anything to watch that item. Um, not at all. And it lets you know, when the sellers go in and they look, well, you know, maybe this has been out there and hasn't got any traction or they want to really move it, you know. Uh, it's, eBay is kind of like going to the card shop. When I look at an auction, I actually go out and look at what they're selling besides what, you know, what I'm looking for. <clears throat> like, is it somebody like, all right, so let's go with basketball. You have somebody who's selling a basketball card, um, and, you know, it's a decent price or whatever. And, you you know, if you go and look at their sell items and they all they have is a bunch of basketball cards, well, you know, this is something, you know, somebody who's selling basketball cards. But if you go out there and, you know, they're selling some shoes and they're selling some of uh, some toys and some shirts and stuff, it might be somebody cleaning out their closet, you know, and you have more room to move. Um, than somebody who's, you know, maybe a diehard collector. So does that make any sense, Jason? Yeah, absolutely, because you you could have somebody that's just, like you said, clean out in closet, maybe had a death in the family, they're just trying to get rid of stuff. Or you could have the person, like you said, that's a full-time dealer that's like, hey, I don't need to save or give 10% off. Somebody else will buy it in a month for full price. So... Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good point. Um, different types of buyers and different types of sellers, you can definitely find some deals. And also at a show, and this is all pre-COVID stuff, but, you know, if you go to the show and the guy's got all these nice fancy cases and he's got all these super high-dollar cards, 
or if you go by the guy and he's got, you know, maybe a display case and a whole bunch of boxes, it looked like he just, you know, cleaned out his closet and brought everything with him. Uh, right. You know, it, it, you never know what you're going to find. Uh, those are interesting too. I, I've gone to the national and, you know, you have both, um, and I'm sure Jason, you've seen it too. You have both of them, the you know, ones with all the uh, high dollar cards and everything else. And then you have, you know, the, the little flea market there, right there at the, you know, a few tables. So, uh, you can spend hours going through it and and finding the diamond in the rough. So those are fun too. Right. I want to give one last tip, and this one is completely from my wife. Uh, when we were having the conversation the other day, she said she's also noticed that when you add the watch, say you add an item to your watch list, and the seller sends you an offer for you know whatever ten percent off, unwatch it and then rewatch it, and there's a chance that you'll get a different offer. Could be more, could be less off, um, because the seller only sees you as a new watcher. They don't see you as somebody that left and came back, if that makes sense. So yeah, it does. They see you as a second person, not somebody that's making the loop back around. Right, yeah. So when, as a seller... Let me see here. You can see. She said she's actually uh, gotten better deals um, by, you know, unwashing and then rewatching. So, yeah. So as a seller, you have views and watchers. Uh, I can't see anything more than that. So uh, that's a good tip. I have not. I've tried that sometimes, but I haven't uh, seen any benefit from that. But uh, that doesn't mean I shouldn't continue to try it. So I'll, I'll you know what? It's it, one so. of those things where if it happens once, it's probably worthwhile. No, definitely. You know what I mean? Because I, so. I think, you know, um, with eBay's, you know, there are some auctions, but a lot of it has gone to buy it now. Yeah, and, sure. you know, you are cruising around and you find something you like and you watch it. So, you know, you you do get your watchers, and I think you can only send an offer one time to folks. I think it's got to be the 10%. If you're like me, I have a long list of stuff that I'm watching, but um, I am, but I'm not kind of a thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I guess I'm watching to see maybe if it drops down to, uh, you know, something. Right. And the I'm way I do you. my – yeah, the way I buy my cards usually is I am buying and selling stuff, so – I don't really buy anything unless I have money in my account. And the only way to get money in my account is to sell stuff. So uh, I try to keep it kind of self-contained. So it could be that I'm watching stuff and it's like, well, this is stuff I'd like to get if I, you know, right. uh, end up selling something big, whatever, and I can snatch up a couple of these. So. But that's a great tip. Another thing going on, Jason, is um, Panini Prism Racing is getting ready to drop. Uh I believe it's supposed to drop last week, but I haven't really seen any sales or any items listed on eBay. And on Panini's website, it actually has a countdown clock to um, Wednesday, the 14th, to sell. So I don't know if it was a week, week later or what, but this is the third of four products for this year. National Treasures, is, I think, is coming up next month. And actually, Panini's got on their blog they had some um, I don't know if it was quality control or whatever it was, had some um, pictures of their stuff so it seems like 
you know, we didn't have anything, well, because of the pandemic or whatever, but right. nothing going on the first half of the year. And then all of a sudden we had Chronicle, Prism, and then National Treasure. So National Treasure is usually out of my price point. So, you know, Chronicles and Prism, I still haven't opened any Chronicles, trying to get, trying to get some, but the, you know, I'm trying to get a blaster or whatever. Uh, hasn't been any luck yet, but to say, so Prism is getting ready to drop. Prism seems like that's one of those brands that uh, people collect, uh, even maybe if they're not even into racing, that uh, I had some folks reach out to me asking about the Prism. They definitely love the $120 price point. They said for that price point, they can buy a few boxes. They don't need to make a ton of money. Um, so we'll we'll see how that um how that does for them. I told them to report back to me to let me know. Always interested in everybody's experiences with the product. Um, have you seen any of the pictures yet, Jason? Um, I have seen some. You know, still my favorite card, their favorite design that they've carried through is that, I don't know what it's called, like Color Blast or whatever that thing is called. Yes, that's going to be... I feel um, like a rookie right now, but... No, no, that... Um, that's going to be new this year. Well, they've carried it through because they did did it with baseball, basketball, and football. Um, and I loved it. And I'm such a baseball fan. I was mad because they, you know, the new logos. But um, I'll definitely try to pick up a couple of the racing ones. But these are pricey, um, or at least they can be, because these are pretty hard, hard pulls. I don't know if they're the case hit um, or something like that, but they're they're not easy pulls. So um, one of my sites is racingcardinfo.com. I'm looking at – I've got the checklist up on, on there. Um, shameless plug. But so the Color Blast is five cards. Uh, Earnhardt Jr., Haley Deacon's got a Color Blast. That would be crazy. Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, and Jimmy Johnson. So I thought they were actually included with the base, but I was thinking of the stained glass. Uh, those look yeah, interesting gotcha. to me. Uh, I get – I would imagine the prism version of that would look really cool with that reflective. So, um, and some of these I'm not from, I mean, I'm familiar with prism, but not prism in the other brands. So the apex set, um, you know, the dialed in, I'm familiar with fireworks set, the national pride is, is something I've seen in other sets. The next level set, that looks like maybe like the rated rookies. It's Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, uh, John Hunter, Nemechek, Brandon Poole, Tyler Reddick, Joe Graff Jr., Jesse Little, Riley Hurst, Harrison Burton, and Haley Deegan. Haley Deegan's got a, a, a few cards. <laughs> uh, so there's a profile set, Stars and Stripes, that's another one, endorsements, uh, those are uh, autographs. So there's a couple of new insert sets. There's some... Uh, variation name variant. Well, I don't know if they're name variations yet, or it just has base variations. Um, so, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Bubba Wallace, Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch, Haley Deegan. But then, what's interesting is card 100, Dale Hart Jr., 101, Richard Petty, 102, Danica Patrick, and 103, Tony Stewart. So, we'll have to see what that means. You know, they kind of drop their Excel checklist, and you have to kind of uh, work your way through it and digest it, try to you know figure right. stuff out. So uh, there's a ton of parallels. 
this is something I think they're, they're getting up there with the, the other sports now. Uh, back in 2016, there was only a handful of colors, blue and green and red and rainbow. Um, and I think the red, white, and blue, I might be missing, and they gold. But now, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like the pain of the basketball. What's that one that somebody said? It was like 20 or 30 different parallels. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just this, the whole point of the prism is the rainbow. I mean, so I'm not surprised <laughs> that it's happened. I guess my thing, I would love to see, you know, a set number. Like, okay, people that collect, okay, there's nine slots on a page. Let's do, you know, eight parallels in the base or, you know, something like that where it's more collector friendly. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. That's, that's how it is with Mosaic and all the other ones, Pops Chrome. So it's just just the hobby now, just the industry. Yeah, I'm that's a good point. I mean, you know, if they had, uh, you know, nine or 18 or um, I don't know how many people put cards and sheets anymore. Uh, I was doing the Boots baseball, you know, putting them in sheets and, you know, it, you know, either put the, like the ones that are in parallel or, you know, opposite than the normal cards, like in one section or, or um, so that you weren't turning back and forth or whatever. But right. And that made me actually think of there's a Pioneers of Racing set. They actually did that. Uh, part of the set is one way, and then the other part of the set is the other way. So one is vertical, and the other whole section is, is uh, horizontal. So, But the um, the Prism set looks good. They've got some rookies in there that I've noticed that were also in the Chronicles. Um, some of the ARCA drivers, so Michael Self and um, I think it's Brett Holmes are, are – running for the championship in the ARC series. But we also have Christian Echo and Jesse Littles in there as well and, and Brittany Zamora. So, and I'm, last week we had a call with, or I was on the call, with, Zoom call with Panini, and they mentioned that they're going to have the 27 uh, Panini car on, have it has its own card in the Prism set. So I'm curious to see oh, nice. what that's going to look like. Yeah. Now, something like that I think is, is cool to have the different parallels when it's kind of that, not oddball, but it's, you know, kind of a standalone type of thing. When it's the whole set has 17 parallels, then it's like, uh, you know, is it overkill or is it not? You know, every collector has their own opinion. But something like that I definitely think, um, it's cool to have the different parallels when there is that one-off or something that's a really good photo. Um, you know, a couple years ago, I can't remember exactly which year, it was either 17 or 18, there was a Jimmy Johnson Don Russ card where he had all the trophies yes. pictured in it. Like, I thought that was a cool card. You know, I tried to pick up a couple parallels, stuff like that. But when it's the whole set, it's just it's overkill to me, but, you know my opinion well one of the you, you bring that up um actually in 2016 card 100 that last card is a group shot of everybody in the chase that year and that is one of the hardest cards to find in any color so the, that's awesome to me because then i'm like people appreciate that stuff so people are seems like people are holding it, it, on to them Right, and so there are a lot of collectors are driver collectors. So 
that card features, you know, was it 12, 16 drivers on it. 16 driver, you know, 16 driver collectors are all looking for it. So trying to find a green or blue or red parallel of that card is, is hard. I found one out on check my cards. I think I picked it up for a dollar or two and I think I put either 14 or 20 bucks on it. And sure enough, it's old. It's one of those things where it's funny because it wouldn't be me, but could you imagine if you were somebody that collected, you know, several drivers, and you had four guys on that card, and you're like, oh, man, I got to, you know, buy four of each version or, you know, whatever. So, uh, but, yeah, you're right. That, I think something like that is great when it's that base card mentality of it's just a cool card. It's a cool photo, you know, a cool whatever. So it's yeah, awesome. and, I'm, and I, I thought I could replace it, but I have not had any luck trying to find another one. So that, those are the, you know, the cool little things. Um <laughs> So we'll see. But the 2020 Prism, you're going to get four autographs in a box. Well, I think it's 12 cards a pack, 12 packs a box. Um, and for those buying cases, 12 boxes a case. And the retail configuration is four cards a pack, six packs a box, and 20 boxes a case. So I opened some 2016 Prism. I put the video out on the Racing Card Info YouTube, and it was back in 2016, it was six packs of four cards. The one thing I will say is that people are giving it a knock because they're sticker autographs, and I haven't been able to confirm this or not, but I think last year, or maybe the year before, some of the autos either weren't sticking well on the card, so this may be a reason why they went to stickers. I know National Treasures is on card, but, you know, that's a different stock as well, so uh, it's not that shiny stuff. So uh, just to let everybody know uh, that those will be possibly sticker autos, but uh, yeah, I don't know if that is a um, – I guess for the diehard guys, I know Press Pass had a big thing about on-card isn't hard, but um, with everything going on with COVID and, and then trying to make sure the the autos are – Okay, because the last thing you want to do is get an autograph and be the streaky or, you know, runny or right, whatever. Right, But, you know, four autos, that's a whole lot better than, you know, two autos and two memorabilia. I think in 2016, they had memorabilia and autos, so. Yeah, for whatever reason, Prism memorabilia cards don't seem to catch on for anybody. Um, even in the other sports, you know, even a couple years ago, maybe 17 or 18 uh, for football, they had rookie, and they might do this every year, but I'm just pulling from one that I know. Uh, they had rookie memorabilia cards and value and selling price. There's no comparison between those and, you know, even the base rookie cards. So for whatever reason, the Prism memorabilia cards just don't hold a ton of value and don't seem to be of interest to a lot of people. Gotcha. The article here that I'm looking at is, um, they're saying that the blasters are you get three inserts and one bonus pack with three exclusive parallels. So they are continuing that parallel set in the blasters. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited about um, the prism. Of course, you know we don't like I said we only get a couple of releases a year, so you kind of can pace yourself and. You know, pick and choose which which you want to collect. So I noticed that Chronicles, I think, has dropped a little bit in price 
don't think I don't know if it was like at one ten or one oh nine. Uh I think it SMR was or SRM. Just a retail price. SRP. <laughs> I'll get it right. Well, it was like one twenty, so it's dropped a little, but it has not gone to eight hundred dollars or anything like basketball or whatever it is now. Right. So it's definitely affordable. The color blasts look amazing. You know, I'm gonna have to see about either. So I guess that's something you. It's gonna be almost really impossible to try to make a five card set. If that's the case, it. Uh, it's not impossible. Just not cheap, um, <laughs> you know. And you know, we talk all the time that the the NASCAR stuff, the value is, you know, maybe half of what a baseball, basketball, or football would be. Um, so that's a good a good thing for the racing collectors. Uh, but I mean, it, it's still not going to be cheap for a five card insert set. I mean, you're. I would think at least I don't even want to say a number because I know it's going to be wrong, but. I would think at least twenty five or thirty dollars a card. Uh, you know, but we'll see. Okay. And I guess, you know, if you can be patient, you can collect on a budget. Because I'm thinking, okay, Prism's coming out now. Maybe you should look at if you know, at Chronicles. If there's something you wanted in Chronicles, uh, probably now's the time to look at that. Or in the Donra. I actually was thinking about maybe looking at some of the slingshots from what was that? That wasn't last year. I think it was maybe it was the 2018. So those were case hits. Uh, I think downtowns were case hit. Right downtown is that? I think I've seen people going crazy on Twitter for the football yeah, cards I think that, and whatever. I think that's correct. So you know, while we talk about prism, you know, you do you, and um, you don't have to you know spend thousands and thousands of dollars to collect or you know to enjoy right. the hobby. So. Right. While the prism is awesome, you know, patience always always wins too. So, well, I think that's where we're going to leave it for today, Jason. Um, we have the races coming up this weekend, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see anybody who wins uh, of those eight will secure themselves into the final four. That's pretty exciting. We have, uh, like I said, recapping with Haley Deegan. It's really curious to see how she does and what that does for her cards. I hope. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Would greatly appreciate it if you give us a review uh, or share the podcast to help other folks uh, learn about NASCAR trading cards. I definitely have started to see some more interest. I don't know if it's because of the pricing or uh, it's affordable or that it's getting down to the playoffs and baseball and uh, basketball are ending. But um, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Jason, thank you so much. Any final words for you, sir? Uh, I have nothing else today. You know, I thought. Actually, thought we did a good show for not being uh, around each other for a little while. But, uh, you know, we'll, Prism's coming out today, actually, on the Panini website and probably in retail on Friday, Thursday and Friday. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens and where some of these prices go with uh, the crazy market that's out there right now. Yeah, well, um, next week we'll talk about if uh, if they're still available for sale. I did notice that the Chronicles had sold out and disappeared from their website. So I'll be curious to see how Prism does. We'll, we'll, when we check in next week, we'll, um, yep. we'll uh, take a look and uh, we'll break down the Prism uh, checklist better and the Chronicles and uh, as the season winds down and maybe some other collecting topics. So 
again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, thank you, Jason. Everybody, may your uh, retail shelves be full. Thanks for listening.